What's the big idea? We are here again with another episode of Volleyballgy. This is episode number 11, and uh, this one is for the parents, right? Questions through our uh, Facebook, Volleyballgy, and our email, info at Mm -hmm. Uh, You didn't do the intro. No, I was getting to it. I was getting to it, but uh, while we're at it, uh, hi, my name is uh, Zuby. My name's Eric. My name's Mitch. (laughs) And we are... Volleyballology. Holy shit. <laughs> just made that up. That's going to be a new tradition. I did not <laughs> It seemed like the natural progression. That was the duet. We thought you were right. Yeah. No, you guys had it. You guys nailed it. No, I thought that was like just nope. the natural progression of where that intro has to. That's what we've been missing all yeah. this time. That's why yeah, the ratings yeah. are so low. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's what it is. That's, that's it. Must be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are questions that... Uh, we had come in uh, to us directly, questions that have been asked in uh, Facebook uh, forums and uh, questions sent to us via Facebook as well. Uh, there are some pretty big uh, volleyball groups on Facebook. Um, one of the biggest ones out there is a Volleyball Moms Facebook group. So shout out to that group because a lot of questions have been uh, coming through there. Thanks to them for that. And uh, yeah, so. I don't think uh, we'll be able to get to them all Um you know, considering the ones that came into us, especially, mm-hmm. but you know, we're going to do our best. And if the, if you know, the ones that don't get answered, Hey, maybe another time. Yeah. Apologies. Uh, if your question isn't answered now, but also you can, uh, you know, message us on Facebook too. Mm-hmm. I just noticed Anytime. Mitch has the goatee going on. I just noticed. Uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was hoping you guys would have something oh. for the Movember. Oh, I don't yeah. know if, if you did that, uh, in, on purpose. Yeah, I did. I did. I have a beard. Yeah, okay. I just didn't shave. Did. No. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a mustache. Yeah. So does goatee, I guess goatee yeah. kind of yeah. counts as participating mm-hmm. in all Yeah, that. see, it's divided here. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. handlebars. Those are oh, handlebars. Let's that's see. right. True. Let's see me. Mm-hmm. Show, um, the camera's on you now. You can look at the camera. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> mine, mine definitely doesn't count. I'm just... Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's dirt, and it was there last episode. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Couldn't be. Just <laughs> couldn't be. Just a fact. I'm just jealous. Considering my facial routine. <laughs> I'm just jealous because I have to tattoo all my facial hair. This is just yeah. uh, like that George Michael, Every day. that George Michael tattoo beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for that time, are we keeping it? Which time? Are you for the month? For the month. Uh, so I'm not big on superficial gestures, as we talked about pre-show. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, one month, and I kind of like you know, I'm I'm anti-cancer all year. Mm-hmm. So right, right. Yeah, Zuby doesn't <laughs> but do so showing October. it. Showing it's a it? different thing. Yeah. Why do I need to show people mm-hmm. how I feel about cancer? Sorry, we shouldn't talk like this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very <laughs> getting nervous. <laughs> canceled. We're gonna get canceled. Um, yeah. No. I mean, we do. We do charity. I do fundraise. We do fundraising events for it. Um, but I, you know, it brings up topics like this. I mean, yes, let's do prostate. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. prostate cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did the mustache thing a few times, but yeah, I've I done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't actively uh, do it anymore. I don't know why. I think it's just because my mustache is so big. Like when I smile, it's just like outrageously huge. I'm like, I just look like. But you think so? I don't think that's true at all. Yeah. That's just one of those delusions we have about ourselves. 
We all have things that we hate about. So I should I should do the mustache. You should too. Then you should um, do what you want. Mm. All right, I'll do that. You want to do the mustache? Um, okay, well, let's get going. People say we ramble on too much, and you guys are—you guys definitely ramble on too much. So oh, I agree with them. I agree with them. Oh. Question number one: Why do you guys ramble on so much? No, question number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this question—you guys ready? Yep. Okay. Uh, so whoever just took cap. So whoever you have to phrase your answer in the form of a question. No, just kidding. All right. <laughs> it's like Jeopardy. <laughs> Speed round. Speed round. Hands on buzzers. Meech, I said buzzers. Oh, I can do it fast <laughs> enough anyway. Oh, sorry. Mm. I've heard that about you. Anyway, question number one. Uh, Now, this might be a regional sort of answer, but the first question is, my child uh, plays uh, club volleyball, and I'm not sure if it's entirely necessary for them to play high school volleyball to get scouted or noticed at the next level. So is high school volleyball necessary as well as club or club is one more important than the other? Do you have to do both, I guess, is the question. What is no? <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> what is, uh, what are three, who are three people who have never been in my kitchen? You remember that? No? Is that, <laughs> that, that Jeopardy? No. Oh, that was from, uh, that was from Jeopardy on Cheers, where Cliff Clavin yeah. was, uh, he didn't know the answer to Final Jeopardy, he had all this money, had this huge lead. And so they said the answer was three famous people's names. And Cliff wrote, uh, who are three people who have never been in my kitchen? <laughs> and then he protested because <laughs> he said, well, Alex, that's true. true. There's three people who have never been. Anyway, uh, so, so Meech, is on, Meech said no. <laughs> do you want to elaborate on that? Is, no. it, is it necessary to do both? It's not necessary to do both. It's a, a personal choice if you can handle it. If the player mm-hmm. it wants to do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What about forgetting, what about the second part of the question or the first part where they're talking about, is it is one more important for being scouted by the next level, depending on, you know, where do you think, where do you think post-secondary teams find their players, I guess? My experience, and it's not going to be everyone's experience, but club is... You know wh- where you're going to be a lot more likely to to. Well, I guess maybe in the de- development um, of the player, it, that would be the best one to to go with because high school is usually just usually the one that doesn't take precedence. Mm-hmm. Um, high school is basically, you know, I I had frustration with my high school team on times because. It just wasn't the level that I wanted it to be. It, club was always the level, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, you know, high school is where your friends are. So yeah, but um, and then there's the there's the regional exception on top of that. I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. um, not to say you're wrong, but mm-hmm. uh, and and also the situational, like maybe. Uh, the parent or the kid might know that, like, hey, this like maybe this high this high school has a crazy, amazing volleyball team. Um, so it could be more, it could be, uh, it could be better. And also, I guess back to the first part of the question, can they play both? Well, hopefully both seasons don't overlap. And if they do overlap, then I mean, it, it comes down to how much time does a kid have? How much time does the parent have to facilitate this? Like, can they play both? If they can, then go for it. And then maybe there's going to be overlap and you're going to have to compromise. And then there's a whole process on maybe just go to you know if there's a big high school tournament make sure you can be there for that one and then vice versa for the club but um yeah i i agree like it 
high school may by default be the less important one um but there might be some situations where where it is or maybe you have like a wicked high school coach or something mm-hmm. and then and it's so regardless of the whole scouting thing like because if you're if i well i guess that that gives it away right there if they're worried if they're worrying about um being recruited that means they're already in their latter years of their youth volleyball so they're 16 17 or something mm-hmm. so i guess that's the point where you can if volleyball is something that the kid is really passionate about and they want to pursue then for sure you can kind of um take that into consideration but don't forget about the whole development process because they're still learning at that age of course i mean that's sorry they're, they're still learning the sport until they're 40 or whatever but so what's the answer eric <laughs> we're figuring out there is no definitive answer no well, there is no answer i think that's a good answer I'll, I'll i'll give you this um especially for you eric which did you discover first uh high school or club uh i guess i guess it was club because i first learned volleyball in middle school okay. and then it led to yeah so it would have been club and then you discovered the high school game yeah and for well, me school first you were introduced to volleyball in school in school you just yeah, weren't in high school yet yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's probably the, the way most people are going to be exposed to it right because that's the good thing about schools you get exp- they show you everything mm-hmm. um yeah so so basically in in my point of view is because you know i discovered high school volleyball first and then club basically why would you unless you're moving up a level and then you're good enough for club um why would you why would you go from club to to high school like, oh, like it, right and I, that, that but i think what we're both agreeing upon is that it's whatever team is your higher level one mm-hmm. assumedly the scouts would be scouting those teams yeah. why would they Right. And I just think there may be some situations where the high school team, for whatever reason, is actually better than the club team. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you would assume that the smart scouts would be going there. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they just out of laziness. They're just like, oh, we're just going to go to all these club tournaments this year. So that, that there's a problem there is like, and how do you know? I, this is something I don't know anything about, but how do you know where the scouts go? So that's a whole maybe um you know if there's an older sibling they've kind of gone through the process or maybe you have a coach or an assistant coach who's gone through the process who's um a former varsity player and then they would know a little bit they'd be like oh yeah i know these these schools major schools they tend to recruit at these tournaments or whatever at these national levels because there's i mean there's national tournaments there's just regional ones there's so i like it's it's probably a lot of work and research like you need to figure out and it's going to depend on you know where you are um but yeah i i would think that obviously the the, the scouts would go to the, where the better volleyball is but mm-hmm. that's assuming every scout is uh yeah the, i think the only in the st- doing their in, research in the states it's it's pretty much through the high schools that the post-secondaries look to come and get their players because the it's more of an organized system, whereas the club Which world... Which makes it easier for the scouts. It makes it easier for scouts because it's a more centralized system. So sadly in the U.S., and don't forget too, club is, you know, again, we're talking about, you know, a highly regional experience, but high school in the States, uh, again, varies from region to region, but the high school teams are much more serious than they are in our neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. So our our high school volleyball in, in our area 
is gonzo. <laughs> like it used to be pretty great, but it's uh, luck of the draw. If you get a great coach, you're going to have a decent team. And if that coach is, you know, smart enough and tricky enough to get kids to come to the t- school, which happens still, but the drop off in high school volleyball in our area is huge. Bottom line is in the States. If you are, um, you know, if you're, um, I think personally, like Eric said too, and uh, you know, you got to play as many places as you can mm-hmm. without burning out. I highly recommend both. Uh, and in the States, they do a better job of not overlapping. Their club season is much shorter than it is where we are. So um, I think play both because more touches is better. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, for getting scouted, it's mostly because it's so big in the in in the U.S. that the high school network is the easiest place yeah, for the post secondary yeah. scouts to grab those players. Mm-hmm. So that tends to be where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so uh, yeah, if you can do both, do both. Um, but sc- you have to be mindful of burnout. Yeah, mm-hmm. high school coaches get they get paid to to coach right most play again so different like and i mean varies from you, place to place club yeah. club coaches do as well but i mean I, the variance of pay is probably greater on the club side in the u.s than it is like for a, a high school volleyball coach in the u.s is probably a pretty standardized feed well yeah and if you think about it so it's so population dense that if you think about it so let's suppose you have a huge population area like bigger than we can even imagine let's say it just makes um, it easy it's like well oh, all going what i was going to say though what i was going to say was like if it's you know they might all be scattered among six or seven different clubs but the high school yeah the big high school might be the place where they all have to compete for those spots yeah so you'll hear stories uh on social media even like in other parts of the world where like these great players on their club team don't make their high school team. Mm. So that's sort of the opposite of what it is in our experience. So uh, because they're all bringing all these high level players together. So I think that's where the, the, uh, the height, that's why the high schools are still technically the place where the, most of the scouting gets done because it seems to be like the community hub Mm -hmm. for great volleyball where they all come in together. Um, and that's, you know, there's rules in the States. We talked about this before, but like, you know, the, there's a lot of States and regions where you can't be a club coach and coach a high school team. They don't allow it yeah. because of the, the nasty games and coaches favoring their own club players on the high school team or not picking players for rival. Like that's, that's, I think that sort of feeds that idea that the high school is the hub if you were going to pick one. But I think in this day and age, you better play both. Because if you're not getting reps for that chunk of time while those other people are, are playing club and you're yeah, just doing high school. Yeah, you can definitely play yeah. both. Yeah, and I think most places you can. The only thing you got to be mindful of is burnout and kids and injury, which comes up later in the show. So mm-hmm. um, so high school and club necessary. It's not necessary, but it's it's good if you can do it if your kid is up for it. Uh, definitely play both. Definitely, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Let's move on to the next one. Right. That was pretty fast. That was one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, okay, so a lot of parents, this comes up quite a bit. Um, my child is uh, wanting to quit volleyball. Some of them, some one question was about the child wants to play beach, another one was just wants to quit volleyball or sit out a season. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you handle that, or what are your thoughts on that? Again, no. <laughs> Me too, not allow it. No, uh, I wouldn't allow it. Not my kid. <laughs> uh, I don't have not kids. My, uh, <laughs> no, but no, hypothetical. hypothetical. I know it. Cyber kid. Well, well, I mean, why? Why do you think they may want to be skipping out? Like, what's what's the cue here? Like, if I, again, all I can do is relate back to my own childhood. If I wanted to skip out, I never skipped out on a year of any sport that I was in until I was fully done with it, which was like hockey. Mm-hmm. 
so like when I played soccer, I played soccer every summer. When I played hockey, I played it every year. Um, there, the, I mean, if the kid was to go to like some international school or school in a different state or province or whatever, like, I mean, actually you can still play the sport just in that different area, but to completely pull away from a sport, I, I, I would just, maybe there's something going on. Maybe they, who knows? Maybe they got bullied. So find out why. Yeah. Find out why I like, um, yeah, find out why. And then. Maybe they have a summer job that you don't know about. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's possible. Like, yeah. yeah. Secret life, I'm, double life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, um, Meech, any thoughts on that? If, you're, if your kid came to you and wanted to quit a sport, any sport or volleyball, what would you think? Is that okay? Take a year off, I guess is the question. Maybe not quit, take a year off. I would say... Definitely, it's it's up to them. But when it comes to volleyball, why? <laughs> so me, <laughs> like, me just taking the denial. Approach. It's up to them, but no. <laughs> exactly, it's um, up to you, but uh, no. Because because <laughs> beach really is a different sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, indoor has its own aspects to it, and they can all combine together nicely as long as um, you know you're you're not wearing yourself out. Um, but it's two different sports. It teaches different skills. Um, I say all the more volleyball, the better. So you would not allow your child to quit is what you're saying? N- never. Never. <laughs> never. never. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's different ways for them to participate in the sport as well. Like just do if they were, I guess most of the time it's like a club. So there's a season and it's all tournaments. But maybe you can join like a rec league instead and experience the game in a different – again, maybe it was too serious. So then if you step it down and you just play in a league, especially together with your kid, maybe like we've seen we've seen parents and kids do that, then mm-hmm. it can be more fun, uh, something like that. Or if they can get into like, you know, those fun fours leagues we uh, – you organized like mm-hmm. they could do that with some of their other friends specifically my force league those are fun <laughs> no it's well, not. <laughs> come on up from albuquerque <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if they're like because those, those leagues Shameless are sweet plugs. right like there's no uh there's no refs and it's like there's no coaches it's really un- there's no net there's no, <laughs> there's no ball <laughs> no we just have, take people's money they have a blast yeah it's um, great invisible we call it invisible <laughs> invisible lots of tanning because you, you like hope like ideally you don't want your kid to miss out on a season of volleyball like hmm. maybe if they're gonna if they're more of an indoor player and they want to take a season off of beach but even then i would be like because like what you were saying the two just synergize so well and i don't think i i can't see sport is so if they if they've been playing the the sport for years they clearly love it and they must have been having fun on some level. So mm-hmm. if, if all of a sudden now they want to take a break, I feel like there's gotta be something going on there. Um, that's outside of the sport itself. It's not like, it's like, Oh, you know what? Like my forearms, they just really start hurting now after forearm passing the ball. Like it was, mm-hmm. it's not real. Like, so like what, <laughs> what's going one. on? Or maybe they, yeah, like there's all these random like scenarios. Maybe they injure themselves. They don't want to tell you about it. I can't imagine a kid doing that, but you never know. Or, mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe they have, they're afraid of the expectations you're putting on them as a parent. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a whole bunch of shit. Like I Amici. Mm-hmm. I could see so something. Yeah. You can in, quit sports. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see something being in the combination of maybe the seasons um, uh, are, are aligned too closely. Like, when the, the day that they come off the beach, um, 
yeah comes they're coming into their their volleyball maybe they need that rest for injuries or and that's a legit that's a legit concern yeah so yeah i think i think it doesn't matter why they want to quit i think if a kid wants to quit then you let them quit the only thing i would say is that if you take a year off in this day and age you're not going to come back in that's well, all that, I'd say. And, and so yeah. so you go you go think about this mm-hmm. and you um, decide because quitting in this day and age means that you're going to quit formal volleyball. But you can play, like you mentioned, you can play volleyball anywhere else. There's tons of organizations that offer community volleyball mm-hmm. and you can do that the rest of your life. But uh, my advice to parents personally would be if your kid tells you they want to quit, find out why, of course. Mm-hmm. Like Eric was saying, it could be something not related to the game could be something social could be something like we talked about in our mental health episode right mm-hmm. could be something to do with someone else's uh, treatment of them could be a coaching issue could be something horrible like you don't know right like what if there's something mm. abuse or something you know mm-hmm. so you find out why you discuss it but if it's about if they mention things like not wanting to play not enjoying the game it's feeling like work mm-hmm. then you have to uh, respect that because you won't make them want it right yeah. It's impossible to make someone want something, yeah. Right? If they don't want it themselves, and honestly, if you have concerns about how you know them going on to serious level volleyball or post secondary or professional down the road, which comes up later in the questions, mm-hmm. part of that is not wanting to quit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's telling you something, right? There is a filter. The filter, the desire to play a lot, is the one of the major filters. Right. Like you got to be a little crazy to go at it as much as we have Mm -hmm. in our lives for as long as we have. And then there's even another level of crazy. Right. That uh, we talk about, uh, you know, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe's, the Karch's. That is a whole different level of uh, commitment. So um, I think, yeah, you got to find out why. And if it is related to playing, if it is related to not enjoying the sport or if it is related to like burnout, stress symptoms, listen for those cues. And then you got to respect the kid. But one thing you have to make clear is that it's not the type of sport where you can come back after a year off. Mm-hmm. Unless you're doing something like playing community organizations. And even then, it's a little tricky. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the amount of growth and development that happens now. And that might be why they want to quit. Because it's like this weird, crazy race yeah. among people that's kind of bizarre, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, like that. that's the kind of the unknown gray zone. It's like you ask them why you can't get a... But that, like, there's too much pressure or fear missing out or, you know, keeping up with everyone else. And I think the number one thing I see of all the parents and people that we work with and coaches and, and through coaching and working with clubs mm-hmm. is that most kids want to quit because the parent wants it more than the kid. And, you know, that goes back yeah. to our... Damn. We talked about that parent episode where, uh, you know, the insecure parent mm-hmm. who maybe never achieved much in sports... Mm-hmm desperately wants their child to be a jock or some sort of athlete and the kid is being the one punished for the parents insecurity just like the coach is insecurity punishes kids you know like if the parent wants like i know some parents who put their kids in like clinic after clinic like 13 years old and i i literally saw it where a kid didn't want to play at age like 14 Mm -hmm. because and i knew i told my kids like you watch that kid's gonna quit because that parent wants that way more than that kid they're dragging that kid along everywhere and the kid said i'm not playing for i'm not doing this right now didn't play beach for a whole summer luckily it was just a summer Mm -hmm. it wasn't the whole club year but the parent had to back off and i remember like like because even that kid was like um like we oh, knew them man. quite well and we were like, Oh, they're not playing. Yeah. They're taking a little break right now. But I knew mm-hmm. I didn't pry. I knew yeah, why. Yeah. It's because the parent was pushing the kid way too hard. The kid loved volleyball too. That's the thing. But sucks. the parent can kill it for the it's kid. It's such an obvi- uh, obvious 
opposing reaction i feel like the kids just be like to push push back like that that yeah. would have been me i would have yeah done that. that's why you do, well that's why you just gotta well it wasn't just it was just too much like physically too much the kid yeah. was in every weight training program the kid was in every uh event the kid was in every clinic every like, it was just way too much you mm-hmm. know and that's not how it happened because again i had the benefit and we had the benefit of growing up in a different time and we saw that the love is organic and then the the passion comes after the love Mm-hmm. Right. Too many parents try to force the pat, the force, the love mm-hmm. uh, by doing it too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to enjoy it once somebody makes it feel like work. I, it's like yeah. I always compare it to like reading. So young kids, when they're before they hit school, they love reading. They can't stop reading. And then the day the teacher says, OK, read four pages tonight and write about it. Answer these questions tomorrow. Then the kid's like, oh, now you just made it like work because that's a connection. From that, yeah. Yeah, so the joy is killed, right? Mm -hmm. There's a joy, like the joy of discovering and doing something for passion is now gone and it's become a labor and it's become forced and you can't enjoy that. That's why parents, I always tell them, back off, let your kid go through it, you know? Mm -hmm. Even I catch myself, you know, if I'm talking too much about my kid, like how they, oh, you know, if they ask now, I I do it. And if they don't want to play, I don't push them because I'm like... You got to love it. And usually they come back to it because you stop pushing, by the way. Yeah. Or you find it if they love it, right? Mm-hmm. So even if your plan is to get them to play, back off. Mm-hmm. And if they right. don't come back to play, mm-hmm. then that's your sign that they didn't love it. And you're just, so. you're just kind of advising them of what may happen if they do. Yes, like, just the warning in case yeah. it is something you know that maybe you can be worked around. Like, like If it's not that burnout-related thing, what if it isn't a coach or something else that mm-hmm. can be remedied, mm-hmm. maybe right with a meeting or something, mm-hmm. uh, or a teammate or something. But But... Let them know that, yes, it's, you're probably not going to come back to it if you quit. Uh, and if that's okay. But you, as a parent, you should be okay with this. Yeah. Like, mm. Nothing wrong. Like, again, for all the parents that want their kids to go pro, just understand that, th- one, we're going to talk about pro is not what you think it is. <laughs> it's, it's a crappy life to go <laughs> pro. It's not, like, fun or glamorous for, like, 99% of volleyball. <laughs> it's just, like, basically being broke. Uh, and two, I mean, it's, it's fun. That's why they do it. It's fun. It's fun, but it's sometimes it's not fun. Like I mean, it's it's like it's well, it, <laughs> the sport remains like, fun. It's the rest of life and how or no, no, but the sport because like the practices become like two a days, right? And, like right. You're on the and you're, they cut it down to one practice a day on game day, you're, uh, throwing up on uh, practice. You know, it it's not. You know, no, you're, it, you're right. You're right. Because it, it's, it's what I'm talking. It I've makes, heard a lot of horror. It stories. makes it like work. It makes you're, it like work. Yeah. yeah. Like when I remember, like in uh, South America, when I was playing, like we would have two a day practices, and we were throwing up in practice. Yeah. And back then, that was like good coaching. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, and then they're like, okay, we'll just have one practice on game days. I'm like, what if my? <laughs> isn't that? I think you're supposed to play, but that's what that was the hard. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um, military tough and yeah and tough and toughing yeah, we got to catch up to Europe and we are you know, falling behind whatever but um, so yeah it's really hard I think whenever you make it like work whether you're a coach or a player you got to keep it fun or, or sorry parent uh, and uh, if a kid wants to quit bit of a red flag Sound good? Meet you. Are you okay with that answer? Or Sounds like, good. <laughs> I don't Sounds think. Good. I don't think you are. I think you. <laughs> no, no, I agree. <laughs> so you change your answer. You're not going to force your child to play. My talk was. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I'll definitely. Meets was definitely joking. force my kid to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely, so, definitely. It's my kid. <laughs> yeah, no one told. That's right. It's, it's, He's like, fuck off, my kid. I made this thing. Okay, I made it with my yeah, own. Every parent, you, that's why you have kids, right? <laughs> Love juice. Anyway, too graphic. Yeah. Okay, so meet juice. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> Love juice. 
Uh, I'm ready for the next. (laughs) (laughs) I'll edit this out. Um, Okay, so what about if you're with a club? This came up uh, a couple days ago. Uh, So a parent, this is kind of, a, I think, a shitty scenario. Unfair, but I'll let you guys talk about it. Uh, Club changes. So the club has uh, tryouts. Parent uh, and player commit to tryouts. Or sorry, commit to the team. And then the club publishes the practice times, and they are starting way too early, like at 5 p.m., which is, you know, when most people are just getting off work. So they schedule their practice, and they didn't tell the parents the practice times. And I'm assuming that those practice times were different than the tryout times. Thoughts on that? Well, I mean... Or advice for that parent? I feel like if I, if I was a parent, that would have been part of... I like I only would have gone taking the kid to those club tryouts had I have known the practice schedule because like would you assume that it was at the tryout times? N- like, maybe maybe if as a first year uh, in in the club world I would have made that mistake once. Yes, and then that would have been it for that. But it it, it sucks because now you either have to make some major changes or it's not even possible because some jobs don't like it'll be impossible to mm-hmm. and then you have to pull out of the team or something i don't know yeah what do you and do? you already signed a contract or you, you might be on the hook for the money like you yeah is there any advice to, uh, for that? what would you think about the club that did that well yeah like if yeah like it's super shitty because it's like i if it's one thing i would have wanted is to know the practice schedule and then you're gonna you're not gonna disclose it and then i'm gonna be like okay my daughter really likes playing here maybe we'll gamble it maybe they'll run it at the same time as tryouts which is seven to nine mm-hmm. and uh it turns out she loves the team she gets on it and all of a sudden it's five to seven um yeah like it it would definitely change my mind for next year i get i i would try to do whatever i can maybe my family can help like uh get her there and then or something like that and then pick them uh, yeah you, you would pick them up uh, to a different time yeah yeah do yeah. whatever you can right um but and then maybe in that process of you know kind of shifting things now you maybe you've now made a new system for next year uh when you go back that you'll actually be able to do the whole five to seven thing again even though you're you're unable to because of your your job but um Again, like I think, like my yeah, my grandparents drove me to practices all the time. I was lucky enough to have them yeah, around to system, do that, right? Because yeah. it that sucks. Because especially if, if my daughter, like my theor- or whatever, or son, <laughs> kid I don't have, son. or son, yeah, mm-hmm. they love the team, uh, and especially if it's a great coach, like I would end up trying to do as many things, sacrifice whatever I could. Yeah. to get them there i think the real problem Except my is like, insanity i wouldn't sacrifice my insanity to me i think that's a little <laughs> bit of a sneaky th- i think the club like if they had tryouts at a different time and never public because you would just assume that it's like six to eight or seven to nine like whatever the tryouts were i'm assuming that's what this parent was talking about that the must yeah. have not been right because that would be your first five question. is yeah. weird so there's a little bit on the parent here like a parent has to do some research mm-hmm. right ask the club but if you are trying out consistently at a different time and then they tell you later that seems like a little bit of fuckery sneaky shady mm-hmm. shit so but you <laughs> wouldn't go to some other club that had better practice times right it'd be hilarious though because if all of a sudden every parent was like well no one can make five and then, like, no that's, one made five. That's, but, that's, so, but that goes back to... Remember we talked about that in our good parent? Like one kid shows up for practice. But remember we talked about that, where parents don't have any self-esteem to do that? They feel like all the club has all the power. I mean, in that scenario, realistically, all parents should maybe get together at the first practice and say, hey, 
get those other parents to say, can we ask for a different time here? Like, even if it's, even if it's like, you know, you could switch with another, I don't know. I know gym time is like very difficult, but then you need to tell parents that at the beginning as someone who yeah. is an organizer myself. Like, could you imagine if we organized an event or league and never told people to start time and we're like, Oh, it starts at 3 PM on a Wednesday. Like, no, that's, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. That's, and it's, and it's what I mean. shitty. It's, right. So yeah. I think that that tells you a lot about that club personally. If they hid that from you, a little bit on the parent because you got to ask that question. Sure. Yeah. But if they had reasonable times on tryouts, mm-hmm. I think everybody would assume. I would never assume that a club was starting tryouts. Like, can you imagine 5 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Like, you're literally just getting off your job at that time, most people. Yeah. So that's, that's like, so shitty, I think. So I, I would tell you, like, how you do anything is how you do everything. And that club's showing you some stuff. Yes, you might need to work on some stuff or tell your coach that you're going to be late. But I wouldn't go back to that club. Because that, that's an ethical thing, personally. Meech? Yeah. Um, just imagining, you know, in that same scenario, I think most coaches would want to have their players show up, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to being maybe half the team. Yep. Um, they're going to basically, a good coach would ask, hey, uh, go approach the parents and say, and the players and say, hey, uh, can we run uh, practices at this time? Um, if it's a conflict, um, they got to make the adjustments. I mean, I mean the coach and say, Hey, this is the best time. Uh, let's run it then. And yeah. we can make adjustments for other parents that, you know, are not able to bring. Yeah. Um, and even, even to make it less yeah. combative, like, uh, you know, I'm kind of an activist. I get really angry over things like this, but you could actually organize that first night and say, is there a carpool thing we could set up? You know, mm-hmm. is there a kind of group of parents pick people? I mean, but that's yeah, a, that's I a mean, that's point. assuming other parents can do it. But mm-hmm. I think maybe the best thing is like a combination. Like maybe the coach could say, we'll start at 530, run an hour and a half mm-hmm. and maybe have a carpool situation. Even 530s are like, we never start programming. I would never, ever start a program earlier than six. Well, yeah, when six do, is pushing it, right? When do kids even get out of high school? Because they have to go home and eat. That's true too. And like chill yeah. out for a minute. And some kids still get at 330. Yeah. a lot of places like it's not yeah. it's not always 2:30 or yeah. so yeah no i think it's it's a weird either way it's a bad thing that the club did i think and it messes everybody up and it should have been disclosed that's full disclosure is always better and if you're afraid to tell them cuz oh well, then nobody will sign with us well then that's maybe you shouldn't be running the club team then because <laughs> yeah. you you didn't do you didn't get your gym time sorted out yeah. right like you could even shorten all your practices to an hour and a half that's what i would do in that case mm-hmm. shorten them all to an hour and a half and then that way you probably save an hour then you could start at six you know what i mean if you bump enough practices down to 15 minutes even right um so i don't know there's lots of i think the club just that shows lack of organization and bad stuff so this I think, is i just have a general observation sure. it, it was actually pretty cool like playing uh finally like playing varsity because it was the first time I ever got to experience practicing volleyball, like in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Cause it was either always at like six thirty AM or it was like at 8 PM. That's not the middle of the day. <laughs> no. You mean a decent hours, what? 6 AM or 8 PM. You, you didn't, I said the only time I had previously experienced oh, oh, it. Oh, so in, in university you practice in the middle of the day. Yeah. We oh. had some, yeah, we had them in the evening. No, we, some of them we had at like 4 p.m. Or like we even had... uh, Wow. Yeah. Lucky. It was kind of crazy. And I thought it was kind of awesome because, I mean, we're all at different peaks of, you know, wakefulness and like stuff like that. Mind you, a lot of the game schedules was always... They'd varied. Some of them, I guess the majority were evening games. Some of them were on the weekends. They were not evening. They were like late afternoon, like 3 p.m. This is your recent 
This is more recent varsity stuff. Uh, no, even the early oh, even the later stuff. Wow, yeah, like awesome. no, actually no. The it was the the earlier varsity stuff where we would practice in the middle of the day. Wow. Yeah, and then it, and again, some people like it didn't work for everyone's schedule, so mm. you had to um, make compromises with your academic um, schedule and this. Oh boy, um, that's really tough. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, but um, I, I mean, it's, it's probably why I failed at a lot of classes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it was I kind of like liked it because like being able to practice at like two p.m. or something. I forget what what it was exactly, but like you're in a different state of wakefulness right oh, you're almost more it's almost like the best time yeah, yeah you're like caffeine loaded and stuff yeah. so like you're pretty like yeah so not exhausted not early morning yeah late night yeah no yeah crashing right? yet because then and then and then playing years of getting used to like evening practices you know i think that's part of the reason why i am such a uh like a night hawk or whatever now i have to shift my like for my job now i have to get up super early but like we would finish a game at like 10 30 p.m it takes you like an, at least, well, first you have to like clean, clean up, get showered, blah, blah, like hang out, like say thank you to your family and all that. Then you get home, then you got to unwind for, and then you're actually probably hungry and then you're eating some food and then you got to unwind and mm-hmm. you go to bed by like one in the morning or something. Right. And yeah. then you have to get up for class the next day. So like kind of really wonks your, so this parent should <laughs> so, sorry. total. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Sorry, just, I got nothing just to say. Just, I'm just trying no. to figure out what, like, it's weird. Like when is a good, when is the yeah. best time to practice? And you're, you were saying, you started that by saying that maybe it's not even optimal for them because they may be not even eating enough. At, like they would be super rushed after school. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Days. I can see it being you need a little bit of a gap there. Like, I guess it's ideally, in my opinion, it would be they can go to they go to school, they get back, they can do some of their work, uh, work uh, homework or whatever. They have dinner. I don't know about you guys. I would think the best time to practice would be like between seven and nine or like yeah, six it's and all, eight. So it's so hard to get gym time. So I know people watching this well, or hearing this are, are yeah. going to be like, oh, but you can't get gym time. And I exactly. agree with that. That's I know the struggle of gym time probably I'm better than anybody watching this. Yeah, I run an organization for 20 years and people watching this are like sometimes they put in the comments like we're not being mindful of gym expenses. Like if I don't know what that is, but uh, we know what that is. I live and breathe that. But the problem is I would never not disclose. Like if I'm having people sign up for something, I would always tell them before they sign up, here is when we are running. I don't spring an unreasonable start time on people. And that's what happened here. I think that's kind of weird. So I would tend to stay away from that club because whether they did it maliciously or out of disorganization, that's a sign that they're not very good at what they do. Either way, whether it's in malintent or sneaky or incompetence, you don't don't tell someone. And again, I'm assuming this parent who's writing this like must the tryout times must not have been at 5 p.m. because that would be you wouldn't show up yeah you wouldn't have made those so sneaky i think bad practice sign of a bad club right Mm -hmm. next yeah right um meets did you get to say all you want to there yes thanks (laughs) uh uh some parents uh asked us uh why do players why do so many professional or high level volleyball players tape up their fingers Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Meet. You well, want to start off with this? Well, let's go with maybe the obvious or not so obvious. It's to prevent injury. Prevent injury, right? Yeah. Some people think it's because of an injury, and it can be. Right. But Meech, what do you? Uh, can, how how can uh, tape help prevent an injury? I used to use that a lot, um, uh, especially when I was playing high school. But um, basically, it helps. St- I guess I would say stiffen your fingers, right? Mm. It, it makes it more resilient. It makes it um, a little bit more less likely to get injured. Um, uh, depending on maybe if you had some injuries or if you want to improve an area, 
uh, taping is a fantastic way to to just make your hands stronger. Mm-hmm. You got to watch out for mobility issues when you're hitting the ball yep. uh, or setting the ball. But um, yeah. if if you do it regularly, then uh, you know you can get used to anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the idea sort of is like you can lock the joint. Mm-hmm. right with tape so yes. it can't bend awkwardly yeah so if you have an injury it's great and two it prevents some injury mm-hmm. and then there's a way it can sp- even when people tape their fingers together eric right what do you why do people tape their fingers together um you ever seen that i don't know well, i think i think i used to do that so yeah like exactly it's uh dealing with injury mm-hmm. uh, or sorry to prevent injury and then yeah like uh when you're playing with injury and some people, I think, yeah, can use it as a way of sensory feedback in a way. The double finger taping, yeah, I have seen that before. I've I, never done that. Yeah, yeah I, I never know. have either. But I think most, some people do it to well, like, almost like a splint. Yeah, like a, that's your the other, other thing finger I can is think splinting of. and protecting an injured finger. Just allows you to keep playing, mm-hmm. um, assuming you're probably not the setter. Um, that would be kind of weird. Or, or maybe they are. Maybe setters are. I mean, good enough that they can. Yeah, I've seen some setters tape injuries, but I don't think setters tape the way blockers tape. Yeah. The, right, like number one reason for right, it is so the, the blocking. The right, main yeah. cause of the reason to tape is from blocking. Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny that we take that for granted, eh? Yeah. Like we would forget to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Because we yeah, all yeah, just yeah. know. We yeah, all just sorry. know that. No, 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 I'm the same way. So I just realized, oh, yeah, we better talk. Because we're all picturing a blocker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Saying. That's right. Did you ever do any? I never did. T- I had to, when I had a, I had an injured finger mm-hmm. and I had to tape it. It was in a splint. I had to tape it and I played for a little while with that. And I think I had a thumb once I had to tape, but I, I, the only time, so I did recently, like in my older age, I remember a couple times where I would block and in my pushing my hands over towards the hitter, mm-hmm. I would get jammed. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming down once after a block and looking down and I thought my hands were cramping, but both my fingers had bent like, you know, this, uh, like the swan finger, they call it. You know that tendon here, where your finger goes down. Meets, you can do it naturally, but you know that thing. I can do a little bit, but yeah. See, Meets can do Holy, this. This is from Nike. Yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah, Meech is <laughs> no, 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 straighten out your fingers, Meech, because people are gonna think that that's where your hands look. Meech can do. I, I can't. I <laughs> literally all, can't. No, no. That's... I play the piano still. I do painting. <laughs> that's so hardcore. Yeah, I've had to adjust. No, 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 Meech. So there's Meech's hands, <laughs> but he can do that. That was his circuit. That? that was his party trick when we were kids. Meech could do that. You could time. always do that. I could only do it with this finger, and I used to think it was so cool, and people would think that that was so cool that I could do the slight thing that you can't even see on camera. But then Meech came along, and I uh, was uh, tossed to the curb. <laughs> I've resented like him ever lock, since. Loch Ness monster fingers. Loch Ness monster doesn't yeah, have fingers. Swan. That's not Swan. Lock. No, no, no. Swan finger is the name of the injury, Eric. Uh. <laughs> it, it's called Swan finger. Is when there's so there's two different. So I had that. So mine, there was like a dip, like the tendon was ripped. Eh? So my finger would dip in the middle and then curve at the top like so it was dipping at the front and in the middle here so it was like from getting hit right on the end of the hands and then so i the only way i could fix it because it would have stayed like that for life Mm -hmm. but they sell these cool things that you can wear these um break do you remember me playing with them like fairly recently like five six years ago Mm -hmm. i would wear maybe with covid and then maybe seven or eight years ago Mm -hmm. but there's these plastic things that like so it holds your finger this way and then you put another one finger traps yeah oral b sell i mean a little shameless plug but they're not a sponsor nobody sponsors (laughs) oral b a dental company yeah Yeah, oral b the health company i guess and Mm -hmm. yeah they uh, sell these finger things that uh splints they're a type of splint that you can wear in the shower you can wear them they're waterproof you know they're not like the fabric ones anyway that's saved my finger and i gave them to my mother-in-law actually because you had arthritis their hands look like meeches all the time <laughs> <laughs> and uh 
Well, wait, well, Meech's joke yes. fingers. Meech's party fingers. Whoop, party That's fingers it. sounds weird. That's right. But uh, so, and they straighten out your hands. Like, so people have arthritis. Uh, I know people are probably, somebody in the, probably wants that. But Oral-B, if you look up Oral-B splints on, uh, you know, hmm. on the internet, on the interweb, <laughs> you'll see that uh, on the computer, you'll see that uh, things, and they come in a set of different sized, and they're like rings, but they have like, uh, so... So they'll support the bot. Like, like a little sleeve. Yeah, some people have the finger dip at the top. Like I had yeah, that, yeah. and I had then the side. Like I don't know if it's related to it or not, but it makes it means a dip in the middle of the fingers. So I had them on a couple fingers, and it straightened up my hands. I could play with them too. So I was playing with them without the, not tape, but those things. Yeah, yeah. Pass everything. Uh, even if I had to take them off for two seconds to wash up or shower, fine. Um, so yeah, those those were uh, that was I forgot. Yeah, I didn't use mm-hmm. tape, but I used those things. Right. But yeah. Um, Blockers get jammed. Yeah, that happened to me twice, like fairly close, quick succession. I think mostly for me, I had to tape up my thumbs. The thumb is what got it the worst, and that was pretty nasty to deal with. It's like like this part here, right? Mm-hmm. So like taping from blocking? It, yeah, from blocking, yeah. Mm-hmm. And taping it was like, because you have to like go around here and then around the whole hand and then here and then hand and then, you know what I mean? So it's like taping is kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. But um, Taping is an art too. Yeah, well, you get better at it the more you do. That's yeah. a good thing. And then watching uh, a trainer do it is fun. Yeah, yeah. I used to try to get injured just to watch them. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then you can watch them do it and then once, and then you can like do it yourself. And then me, not so much. I'm never good at that stuff. Taping. I got used to taping ankles yeah. pretty well. You know, you put that like foam stuff down first, and then you do like the one, the one line that goes like down the side of your shin right. under the heel, and then up the other side, you do a few of those, and then you do the cross pattern, and then you do the heel one again, and then. Yeah, I did it a bunch of times. Yeah, to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I used to just have basically the two longest fingers, um, the middle finger and the index, where it just, it it basically prevented it from jamming. It was almost impossible to jam it once I held it in that position. Huh. Hey. I should probably play with those things on again, by the way. I forgot. Like, when's my Achilles tendon injury <laughs> if I ever play again? my um, On your fingers? I should wear those things again, yeah, because I had a couple jam fingers, I forgot, from huh. blocking mm-hmm. when, I, when just, I used to block. You just block better. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I did. I got both points, so <laughs> oh. I did block the ball. <laughs> just, I think the problem was I was too high, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. Well, should we talk about why sometimes we get jammed fingers when we block? Well, the question was why do people tape their fingers? So, All right. Yeah. Because we could talk all day about this stuff right. and nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they tape for protection. It can be prevention. It could be an injury. Mm-hmm. I think it's like uh, sometimes we, we'll talk about ankle braces later, but I think sometimes pe- players do it for show. I think so. I just said it. I think some players right. want to look like their favorite yeah. players. And I know from experience. Because you did it for oh, that reason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Every now and then, I would say, you know what? You want to look the part. I want to look the yeah, part. Yeah, I think we all do that. Yeah, for sure we you do know? that. Yeah. Thanks for being honest. Absolutely. That's very good. It's nice to know that you're a shallow piece of shit. Um, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Have you guys ever had it when you hit a, when you hit a ball, like if after like a game or something, your like nail bed kind of separates from your nail no. on the tip of your finger? No. It's usually like, you, like my index or middle from finger. From a mishit? No, or just hitting? No, just from hitting a lot. Huh. I've had no. it a few times where like that part of my finger hurts really badly. So I, I'm guessing maybe if you see a player with tape right on the tip of their finger, it could be from that. Hmm. I don't know what it is. I think it's just from the, the snapping, the snapping, and then the sudden deceleration, and then. I don't think I hit the way other. I don't think I snapped as much as I should have. I, I don't. I don't know what caused it, but it's happening. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why. Maybe you're really good at snapping over the ball. I don't know. 
Yeah. It's happened to me, but or I just have, you know, bad skin. I was more of a tipper. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite when Meech and I were young and we were out somewhere. People were like, "Hey, you guys play volleyball? Like at a club or something?" We're like, "Yeah, I play a lot of volleyball too." Remember this, Meech? And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> what position do you play?" You ever? <laughs> yes. What was the answer? What was the answer? Oh, I'm tipper. No, you're forgetting. Well. Remind me, Spiker. Remember, they all say, "I'm Spiker. I'm a hitter. I'm a hitter." Like, oh, so you must. You sound like you play a lot. You're a hitter, Spiker. I love it. You're a hitter. Well, everyone said that whenever I tell them play, I, I play volleyball. Is that that's the first thing they say? To, oh, so you're a Spiker? Mm. Like this literally happened to me last week. Actually, volleyball is not that well known, is it? No, it's not. Or like if, that's how, that's the quickest way to find you out if you ever if, if you ever parents. Here's a great. If you're ever dealing with a coach who tells you they played a lot and just say, you know, <laughs> what position did you play? And then if they say things like setter, okay, they could get away with that. Yeah. But if they say like, oh, I was a hitter. Run. You know, or listen to the, <laughs> yeah, run. <laughs> listen to how they answer that question because they, if they use the wrong terminology, you know? Well, yeah. Because they won't say outside hitter. They won't say middle blocker. Bumble, they'll say, bumble, I was a hitter. <laughs> I was a spiker. That won't happen. <laughs> What a coach doing that! I've already, so listen. My kids, my kids are playing high school volleyball right now. From a pro spiker, and their their, their coach tells them, "Oh yeah, I played varsity. I played varsity." And there is no. You know what? He spent them teaching. <laughs> he said he wants them to practice hitting with their wrong hand, like going up like a fake. Like they're gonna hit it with their one hand and then hit it with the wrong hand. And they're like, "Why would we?" <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we hit it with the best hand? And then, uh, and then I, 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 I met him. For I, it. I met him, and I was like, "Oh, you know, thanks for co- very grateful that he's coaching, right?" But then he's like, "Oh yeah, I played a lot uh, too." Yeah, I'm like, "Oh yes, I've heard yes." How are you ever going to develop <laughs> for injuries? What? Without hitting with the wrong hand. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just why yeah. would you? So you want me to take my weakest weapon and use it more often? Okay, yes, got it. Yeah, so that when your your main one becomes injured, then not injured. That would be that would be if you were injured. Sure, become yeah. a lefty or become whatever you want. But no, guys, you know you know the strong hand. You know the hand that gets all the points. Here's I have an idea. What is it? We never use it. What? Never. The strong hand. Never. <laughs> Should we use the weak hand? Yes. More often. I don't know, man. Pete's got a pretty la- nasty uh, left-handed spike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some players do it. Well, <laughs> Madison McKibben, you know, Madison McKibben, the McKibben brothers, he became a lefty out of an injury. He used a right-handed player, taught himself how to swing left-handed. And my kid was working on that, too. That's wild. Yeah. So I'm like, that's fine with developing the hand, but not like, you know, not as a strategy. Like, hey. No, I know what you meant. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But man, when you're just doing the wrong hand, man, is that funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. There's nothing nothing more humbling than trying to attack a volleyball with the wrong with the wrong hand it is the worst like if you want to feel like you suck at anything (laughs) do anything get dressed you ever try to get dressed with the different leg through the pant leg first (laughs) have you ever tried that try to consciously do i've been doing it now because my so people watching i am uh, i'm doing this show in pain because i have a a torn achilles tendon which is brutal but so i've been getting ready and i noticed i catching myself like you know putting on the wrong pant leg first Mm -hmm. and just freezing for about you know a good 40 seconds after putting on the first leg because i'm not sure how to go after (laughs) (laughs) like what this is all weird so wrong order yeah just try it one day it's good mental training for you (laughs) 
Anyway. Or go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom in the kitchen sink. There's another one. Very different. Very weird feeling. (laughs) Now we have to get to the next. (laughs) This is getting. (laughs) Uh, And I mean number two. Okay. So how many clubs? Wrong. Here's here's a good one. Here's a good one. For parents, this is tryout time. It's wrapping up for a lot of parents. Some parents much earlier, depending on where you're listening. How many clubs should we try out for? How many club teams is it? useful to try out for or good to try out for not all at once well the recommended daily allowance for <laughs> club tryouts <laughs> is <Good point. laughs> uh yeah it's uh just make up a number i'd say a <laughs> lot is a lot is four mm-hmm. you know um i'd say one or two and then four is probably a lot yeah some smuggus RDA. Why? Why, Eric? Well, because <laughs> um, because it's just that's a crazy amount of time. That's a crazy week. So if uh, like certainly it's probably true in each region, all club tribes are happening at the exact same time within the same month. So that's just wild to go to four. But like there, there certainly may be reason is because like go to club trial number one and it's just like holy crap like crazy coach number two right. uh, too far right but let's try well you probably do the farther distance ones as three and four maybe i don't know Depend- how you prioritize yeah, yeah. depends on where the, when they happen yeah 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 um so yeah and then yeah for whatever reason those two and then you want to try the third or you have and then finally it's like we have some friends from high school who play on this club why are you inventing all these scenarios I know. <laughs> i'm just inventing <laughs> my brother larry's down for the weekend yeah, he loves yeah, volleyball yeah. so we're gonna try out on you a thursday to the question <laughs> no but the why i think you were saying that <laughs> the why was that you're trying out the different quality of the club like you said the coach might be crappy here yeah. so you're 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 tasting testing the waters you're dipping you, your toe do you want to answer the question why don't you just say it i don't understand <laughs> no, but i just like the specific scenario oh, okay. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> so why, why um, what is your answer so you? i would say that you just like you said you said it have you ever gone I, to club trials no i've never oh, no, no. <laughs> um no i think that uh yeah, you just want to. Your parents need to have more self-esteem in the process and understand that. I think the club is auditioning as much as you, your child is. I like to think of the club as audition, uh, you know, trying out too. So, uh, I like to go to different club team tryouts just to one get your kid more reps because during tryout season it really sucks if you are, you know. Well, first of all, like a lot of parents say, they want to be loyal to clubs. Like, oh, I want to be loyal to clubs, but that club will throw you under the bus in a heartbeat. Uh, trust me, as you get older, like I've seen kids that, you know, they're all crushed when they don't make the club team that they thought loved them because someone better came along. So keep that in mind. That's brutal. Well, it's not brutal. It's like if the, the club team is well, there, not, like, you know. They not all, the club, but the parent being. Oh, gotcha. Yes, hard. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It can be brutal, though, if the club's not. But you don't want them to be loyal. You want them to pick the best players. So that's that's good. Mm-hmm. But um, but the uh, the idea is that. You know, one club might just give you a different vibe, right? And that different, even if you love the club, what if the coach one year gives you a different vibe? So you go try another one. And also through the beauty of going to two or three or four, as many as you can, scheduling wise, is that your kids stay sharp because you don't want to have like, you know, a tryout here, tryout four days later or something or a week later, depending on their gym availability. And, you know, all the other kids have been going to tryouts. So I have no problem with a kid using a tryout to stay sharp. But, also, if they're serious about the club, like some parents know they're already on a club team and they still go to their tries, I think that's a little bit. 
weird. Like if they've like already the got pre signed thing. Guaranteed spot, yeah. I don't think they should necessarily although maybe yeah, if, yeah, if, maybe they if should they don't, yeah. if they don't necessarily want to ultimately be there, then they should try other opportunities. You mean so if they but if they've already accepted a spot, do you think they should go to another club tryout? Not if they've already well what? accepted is yeah Ooh, what if they were in that pre-signed situation Remember yeah that's, that? that's, what, I mean, that's yeah. what i'm talking about sorry that guaranteed like if they're guaranteed pre-signed mm-hmm. so that was another question by the way that sort of came up that we didn't put on here but it, it is i remember from the group too yeah um yeah should is it okay to go to other tryouts if your kids already accepted a spot it's sort of the same question but can the club dump them even if they pre-signed well, that's I've heard of that yeah, happening that too, was, right? That was in there. Yes, that that, yes, that was in there. There's well, that was a different question, but I remember that question too. Yeah, that clubs like and it's connected to what I said too about they'll throw you under the bus. Yeah, <laughs> you think you have a guaranteed spot, so maybe maybe you're right, but you should go. That's should one, go. Yeah. one another one of the ugly reasons. Maybe we never went over that of right. that that situation of this pre-signing stuff. It's just not healthy for the sport. No. It's um, a, yeah, it's in our good coach, bad coach episode, I think. Or yeah. is it also in our? I think we went over it again. Something else more else. in depth. Yeah, we we, d- we talk about the danger pre-sign. Oh, maybe it's the mindset show. Yeah. Right, because it it takes away the player's mindset of being uh, aggressive. And yeah. In fight mode, if they know they have a guaranteed spot, and also the coach, you know, those great players who may have shown like you know somebody isn't works that, their butt out. And, isn't that an interesting mindset in general? Though, because people, you can this. This is likely applied not just here in this volleyball scenario, but even people's relationships, people's relationships in general. They'll like, they'll be with someone, but they'll always keep in mind like, oh, I'm holding out a part of myself for somewhere else. If something better comes along, I'll just leave and Eric, go to what it. Are you, or what are you, Eric, what are you talking about? No, like, is it? <laughs> are we stirring up something here? No, no, that's that's what. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. This is what this is possibly fueling. Is that like you? It's like, oh, okay, we've got this. Hedging your bets. Yeah, let's go check out something else. Safety better. Yeah, like it just creates this very toxic. Is it? Is it toxic though? Well, or is it in your best interests? It is in your best interest, but this Mm. pre-signing thing makes it. That's what I'm saying. Yes, 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 yes. Because you're you've undercut the the drive. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Negative, negative feedback. <laughs> yeah, no. Again, if people want to go back and watch that, we go into depth about the problem with pre-signings and how it just—it's it, not even sports anymore. Mm-hmm. If kids know they're guaranteed, and some kid works their butt off all summer and gets really good, and then they don't get to even get a spot be, or even try out because the team's full, guaranteed signings. But, mm-hmm. but so we would say. So I think we're all in agreement that you we should go to as many tryouts as possible. Mm-hmm. try out the team see what kid it's almost like buying a house right like you wouldn't pick like you know we wouldn't go to one town one neighborhood you should probably push yourself to check other neighborhoods you do as many as you can yeah, yeah i get as many yeah. as you can It'd be a tough week i think it's good for your tough kid two weeks how many weeks do they go over yeah it, it could be two to three weeks yeah but uh but it is good to get as many as you can and, and of course this matters if your kid loves it by the way too right like don't you again going back to that yeah. course, don't you be the one dragging your kid around Ask them if they want to try out for this team, want to try out for that team. Do you want to play this much? Is that too much? Mm-hmm. Be mindful of that stuff. And if they're all gung-ho and gangbusters, then yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. I think we all agree. No. <laughs> I agree. It means um, it's being difficult. I would say that <clears throat> uh, I think three is probably your max because then the decisions start to complicate themselves, uh, mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to fine-tune which um, which opportunities are best. So. 
if you do your research ahead of time, you know, you do the three tryouts, um, you decide, hey, is it this one, this one, my top three? Uh, you eliminate um, a team or you eliminate two teams in that. And uh, I mean, you didn't pick um, two of those other choices. So I, I think three is enough. Yeah, three is good. And like sometimes like, you know, the other thing that pops into this question that complicates things is sometimes you have your heart set on three and then you find out that one of those clubs doesn't even have a team or they've already picked all their players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, what? Right. So, yeah, I mean, this year I think we went to one, two, um, one, two, maybe three, three. I think we went to three or four. But one of that was because one of the clubs didn't have uh, a team. Um, so I think that's. I think we found out that one of the clubs didn't have a team. This is like eighteen, so it's like a year where a lot of players are gone. So, yeah. But that was just yeah. And, and every place you just like oh like that coach a lot. Don't like that coach. Oh like that club. Don't like that club. So yeah. Um. I think like I think if parents treat it like a tryout for the club, then that's kind of cool because it can um, that'll dictate how many you want to go to as well, right? How happy your kid is. Like, don't stay with a toxic club. Do you think it comes down to like the choice is um, is a balanced choice? Because we've got you know you've got coach, you've got club, you've got the team. Um, team being how well your kid fits in with the other kids, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got. Yeah, so like these three main things: coach, club, the team. Yep. So like, if if the coach is top level coach, but the other two aspects suck, like I guess it's just such a dynamic oh, oh, the thing. Question of what's like, most important. Yeah, yeah that it, question comes up a lot too. Yeah, like what uh, what do you do? Are you looking for the one that's the most balanced across the board? Or are you going to go with the best best? Uh, I, well, I think we can all agree. Wouldn't you don't go to the best club? And I mean, by the best club, I just mean they're. You know, maybe the best track price or yeah or yeah better. okay yeah 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 no i mean things like price and like location they're close by the practice hours i would like gym times and stuff like that but yeah. they don't have the best coach and maybe your kid is new on the team that doesn't know the team that well but that's also not a bad thing mm-hmm. so then yeah it's yeah i honestly think that the number one thing honestly because of the length of season uh and especially club season can be very long depending on where you are and some for some seasons some club seasons are like 10 months eight months and some places are like five or six months, but either way, it's a lot of time and energy. I think, honestly, I put super high precedent on. Well, we talked about this before. Like touches are huge. If you can get a lot, yeah. of, if your kid's gonna get a lot of touches, that's great. I put on that but under coach. I think coach is number one. Yeah, coach is number coach, coach is that. number one because coach means and coach means not just X's and O's and resume. It does. It doesn't mean wins. It, what it means is uh, knowledge. Uh, an emphasis on development and it, how it, how the that coach is going to develop uh, you basically as a player. Yeah, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody. Like if that coach is benching kids, um, or if that coach is a screamer, mm-hmm. uh, that's not a good sign. And uh, I always emphasize coach. So if you know the coach is, you know, great resume, great reputation in the area, mm-hmm. I would lean that way because that generally means they're not crazy, but. It's weird too because some parents have great opinions of coaches for the wrong reasons. Yeah, they have a great opinion because that coach is really tough and that coach wins a lot. Mm-hmm. And then there's kids that never play. That's why that coach wins. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to gauge success because success doesn't mean like I could be a coach that just plays my top six or seven all the time, and then you could win a lot that way, right? Like we've all co- played or coached on teams like that, where that team can win a lot at young ages, mm-hmm. but. 
the real coach that's really actually developing players is the one who plays everybody over the course of the season. They all get better by the end, mm-hmm. and they all stay in the game, and they all would play for that person again, yeah. right? Whereas the one who wins might have half the team hate his guts, half the parents hate his guts or her guts because they're focused on the wrong things. And then those six parents go, oh, that coach is great. And then the other six parents think that coach is toxic. (laughs) (laughs) But the idea, but they're right. The the coaches that think that coach is toxic are right. They might be wrong. I mean, they might be right for the wrong reasons. It might be because of their own sensitivities and insecurities about their own kid. But they are right in the mindset is wrong. In youth volleyball, not pro, not not even varsity, but in youth volleyball, it's wrong Mm -hmm. to like want to win a medal over developing everybody and making them love the sport and all these people walking around saying oh but it's competitive sports it's competitive sports that's it's competitive by your margin by your gauge because you haven't played a higher level it's not competitive it's keeping kids in the game and, and if I, I tell them all the time too like you're gonna win in the you want if you're a tryouts parent and you see a coach that doesn't understand mm-hmm. that uh you know, the team that wins at the end is the one that has the most players prepared. Bottom line, forget it. I don't care how hard, hardcore of a winner you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team that has all 12 players ready to go at the end of the season and, and in, into the game and believe that they have a shot to play and believe in themselves, mm-hmm. they're a better team yeah. than the team that's just, you know, had six of them coddling them, treating them like champions. Uh, and I, in my definition, that's caught. They would say that I'm coddling by wanting to play everybody. But in reality, they're the ones who are coddling the top six and making their lives easy. You know, we talked about hard parenting in last in one of the episodes we did where good parenting hard the harder thing is to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to find a coach in tryouts. If you find a coach who has that mindset, like I, I can tell you a great I think I mentioned this story. Did I tell you that one where we had a coach this year that was just I saw him coach last year against our kids team. And I said to my daughter, like that coach. I could tell by the way they were playing and how everybody was playing and the energy. I was like, we were talking about, we want to try yeah. that team next year. Yeah. That coach, if he's moving up with this age group, you want, uh, it turns out he was the club director. So my daughter went to try it with that club this year. And he said, Oh, like he went up to her, took her side and said, listen, that team is filled. The team that she yeah, was going yeah. for, but he really, Damn. he re- but she was trying out for the older team and there was a younger team she could have played on. But he said, like, he took her side and said, listen, this team is too, you're, you're too good for this older team. Yeah. But he said, I'm going to send you to a try. I, I want to, I want you to try for a friend of mine who's coaching a high level team and they need players. Another club. Mm-hmm. Like this guy talking about like, you know, this doesn't happen. Yeah, right? Right. This guy was trying to help out a friend of his coaching another club, rival club. And then he texted us a follow-up to see, hey, did you go to that tryout? And I told him you're coming. And it was like amazing. And it was like, wow. And I texted him like saying, you know, we knew I saw you play. I said, I play high level. I saw you coaching last year. And you're the reason we went to that club. And you're proving that right now, how how great you are in this follow-up. And so he totally set it up to try out the other. And Mina went there and had a a kid had a great tryout there. And um, we ultimately didn't pick that club. But um, because of she wanted to play with her friends, which was, again, that want thing so but uh but that coach like that's that's how you know and it was my instinct after seeing the way his team played as a team and the way there was they were that short team by the way <laughs> that were yeah. dominating yeah we talked story. about a yeah. short team that was underestimated was beating everybody because yeah. this coach had positional he knew that he could teach these players stuff and in that try it was awesome and the fact that he like what coach says to a player he's the club director yeah and he says listen i can time. tell you're too good for this team he didn't say, oh, we want that kid on this team because he knew she wouldn't develop. Mm-hmm. 
right? He could have won more with that player on the team, but he didn't do it. So that's that's what you want is a coach who understands their role in the game. And I knew this guy was a high level player. Mm. And tell by, mm. by the just by the way he stood on the sidelines, by the way he coached, his demeanor was calm. He didn't freak out over a little. He, this guy clearly played at a high level, maybe even overseas, and he because um, he had that perspective. Yeah. That's what you want. All the best coaches I've ever seen or worked with or, had, you know, had mentored me a bit um, were very calm demeanor, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Like yeah. the best coaches you've had, yeah. calm demeanor. Understood in practice, that's where the work is done. Game time, that actually comes up as another question later on. But Sorry, we're, we're way far into that. <laughs> we're, we're far. <laughs> but that's yeah. what you want as a coach. Like if, if you can see that in a coach, that's why it's worth going to a few different gyms because coach is most important thing. Would you agree? Yeah, 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 I do. Uniform color. You, you, uh, <laughs> you mentioned Ask like the uh, kids that. what? The kids would say uniform color. <laughs> oh, that's the most important. The most thing. important like thing sleeves, is yeah, yeah, sleeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you uh, you mentioned a bunch of like really good things there though, like and uh, yeah, I agree. Like coach is definitely, uh, definitely the most important. But also, <laughs> like when the coach doesn't pick up on the right things, uh, and then and then the the parents start to just basically parrot what the coach is saying oh great job on that or like oh not so good like i just played a tournament on the weekend and there was a there was like a club team there and a coach was there and uh the coach was being uh giving positive feedback for the wrong for oh. the wrong thing like the set was inside but the setter was still got to it and like was able to set the ball and you know or like really or like uh or like an ugly tip over the net on a two ball, but it happened to get the point because oh. the other team just wasn't prepared for it because like who does that? Like, well, yes, time and place, right? Praising so, the wrong things. Praising the wrong things, right? And so, and I can see that. So parents like just hopefully try to. But you have to a, be a knowledgeable parent. That's the problem. You do, you do, and you don't because it is, you do and you don't. Like it is a sport. The sport has a simple purpose of getting points and beating the other team of making the ball touch their side of the court so that's where that's where the, the catch can be because that sneaky yes. little two ball thing can be clever against teams that are unstructured and still developing um however it yeah it's not the long-term it's not the long-term goal where you want to try to get the three you know the bumps that spike or whatever right so it was just so funny to see that so yeah as a parent try to trying to not fall into that you know it's really oh sorry yeah i I had a i had three things i wanted to say like that was uh coach uh is really important but also we never talked about this but you mentioned the team that is is uh more fully developed the entire team are more likely to win at the end of the team because uh your bench the bench support is huge Mm -hmm. and i don't think we've really hit on that yet though because like it feels great to be the starter representing be to be the representative of your team on the court, knowing that your teammates on the bench kind of have your back. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know, it's an advantage. Um, yeah, you're not, you're in it together. Yeah. And and you've been grinding with them. You've been competing with them in practice, right? Like that's the hard work. Now you're out on the court and you can almost like you get to be the one, yeah, like taking on the other the challenges, and you know your team has your back. So yeah. again, and you're less worried about mistakes because mistakes are going to happen. That way, you're not dwelling on them. You're not worried about when you go back to the service line about making a serving error. Mm-hmm. You're you're in the zone. You're going to go after that serve or whatever, right? And then, sorry, the last thing I wanted to mention was unless you wanted to say anything about that, but was um, we were prioritizing coach, um, the club, and then the team, right? And so if coach is most important. Would you think the team is a second because what determines 
how much fun your kid is going to have because if the coach is super important having fun is super important and i think the the kid the other kids on the team are a huge factor in determining how much fun you're going to have yeah because the coach isn't really there they shouldn't be there to make the game fun they shouldn't Mm -hmm. be cracking jokes with the kids and like there's fun drills you can do Mm -hmm. but it's not the it's the drill that gives opportunity for the kids to like mess around and and have fun together the coaches and you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they're the but i still say that everything you listed there that support of the bench the coach and that front like who the kids are are still the the coach the remember we talked about that that, like in the culture episode like the coach can i'm still putting coach as number one no no i know what you mean but i i just i'm just saying that just going back to the fun thing like kids don't have fun remember we talked about this where like you know if a kid if the rules are different for other kids that's how you get the toxic yeah vibe on a team yeah yeah. it's the coach's lack of consequence that dictates how like even that kid on the bench like let's suppose the coach like you know the bench player hates your guts Mm -hmm. probably fostered by a coach who hasn't given the kid a fair rep you know or or a belief even in practice even in practice giving them an opportunity to get on the other side of the net and be with the starters once in a while or get them into those blowout games good point because what kind of kids already have i've seen it's only it's only because i've seen it right you know like you know it's honestly because i've been around the club so much where i've just seen that every toxic team is only cause and the teams that love each other and even like you know in high school our our teams like we had really close-knit teams Mm -hmm. and it was because it just instinctively we had good teachers and coaches who weren't even necessarily volleyball people, mm-hmm. but they were good coaches. Like they coached or yeah. played high level other sports that, that works. Right. Yes. Cause they knew like we never felt none of it. We used to tease each other about not starting mm-hmm. and he'd make jokes about, Oh, you're not starting now. Zoo. I'm going to start someone else. And it was like a running joke. And then the next time I would start and then it was, but he, but yeah. I mean, he, in fairness, he, I mean, he was lucky cause we were a balanced team. Yeah. But, I don't think he ever did the benching. Remember we talked about the story where one player didn't touch the court. Uh, he didn't bench people. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody felt like they were part of that team, and that was because of the coach. Mm-hmm. The coach made every. That's why it was so fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if you had the wrong coach, um, like earlier we had other coaches who would bench players, and it was that some of those players wanted to quit. They weren't having fun. They probably were resentful of the people playing ahead of them, right? Um, so I really think the coach dictates so much. And that's why it's so hard to find a good coach, right? Like, I mean, all, Yeah, because all, all kids, would, I can't imagine any kid holding a grudge and being against having fun. Like as long as the environment is provided for, like by the coach. Yep. Yeah, right, right. Cause I, I, was, I think the two, if, if coaches are listening or parents, if you want a, a, something to look for in those multiple triads that you go to, a coach that understands that um, every player needs to feel hope. I think that's it, right? Nobody wants to be on a team where they feel like they're never going to get a fair shot, never getting respected, and not contributing to the team. So a coach's job is to really make sure that players feel like they are contributing and they are useful and that they will get an opportunity. Everybody in life wants opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Not, uh, not They're not expecting fairness, I don't think. I don't think everybody's expecting equal pay time i think they're yeah. looking for the possibility to show what they can do in in opportunities and i think that so parents can look for that in a club team treat the club team like they are auditioning for you i think that'll go a long way Does that make sense yeah makes sense okay makes sense. so bottom line parents should try for as many club teams as they can mm. and as much as the kid wants to as long as your child wants to try it that much go for as many as you can it, it never hurts and uh hopefully you'll start to see some trends and habits in the in the coaching and the culture of the team and all that stuff as well so uh believe it or not we've done uh seven six questions 
Six questions. Six questions. Yes. Wow, it's more than I thought. Is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, I don't. These, these. Uh, that's not a lot, really, because we've talked <laughs> for quite a bit. But we'll do one more for this episode, mm-hmm. and then we'll wrap. We'll probably have to do a second part because we got a lot of questions here. Yeah. Because um, people love what we have to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so the last one we'll do today in this episode are uh, is about recovery tips, um, not recovering tips, which is a volatile oh. joke, but recovery tips or tips for recovery. I never tip. No. <laughs> my coach taught me that never tip. Was like in restaurants you mean right no i always tip in restaurants oh do you okay sorry it's uh, never yeah. on the volleyball court never yes, ever yes. ever never tip tip never um <laughs> uh so for recovery tips though uh this is so for players uh parents were asking about specifically if they have back-to-back tournaments or two-day tournaments or they have a practice with the, you know their school team and then the next day they have a tournament with their club team or vice versa some recovery tips. I think uh, I think you guys said that I could go first this time, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so because I am old and I get injured a lot. Uh-huh. So uh, as, a, as an older player, I think that um, not enough... I think young players should start to look to older players for advice because older players are always injured uh, and they're trying to... Like last summer, I was able to play back-to-back nights. I had shoulder surgery when I was 29. Mm-hmm. And it's been very... It's very difficult to play back-to-back days for me ever since that time. So, but... I started to tap into some old world knowledge, which is becoming new info. And we're going to put together some info for parents too, for this training and stuff. But I did um, saunas and uh, cold water or cold pool or ice baths, or cold showers. In yeah. which order do you think is best? So, Well, they say that you should actually end with the cold. So okay. I've heard that you don't want to artificial, you want your body to do the, the heating up of the body. So ending with cold is great. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have a sauna, you can just do cold showers and cold baths. I found the recovery was amazing. I was able to play back-to-back nights. Mm-hmm. First time in years I could yeah. swing full back-to-back nights. Uh, and uh, swinging full for me is still horrible swinging. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but no, that was the first time I was able to, I was shocked I was able to. I was 46 last summer. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so to do it back to back nights was pretty crazy. And I it, honestly, the regiment was I came back home from playing. Uh, I would stretch, cool down, probably not as much as I should have, but I would do the uh, the hot and cold. So I would go into the uh, shower off cold water shower, mm-hmm. uh, go into the pool. And then let the sauna. He, I, we have. Uh, I had a sauna, but I, I bought that because again, old age. Like it's just, I was, I was worth the investment for me to mm-hmm. walk. <laughs> and I was having some other leg problems that were pretty significant the last couple of years. So um, that's so. How lot. how would you go about uh, like showers? You're you're diving into a cold shower, mm-hmm. or do you um, moderate it according to? So what I do first is I take off all my clothes. (laughs) I know that's what that's what Amici was wanting to hear. That's what everybody. That's what America wants to hear. Uh, Yes, everybody guilty as charged. A shower in the nude. I'm a pervert. No, Uh, no. So I would um, come home. I do the you do the cold water shower outside anyway, like a hose shower, right? So it's no heat. That's very cold. And then I would use that basically to clean off the sand because this was beach volleyball. And then I would. crank up the sauna while let it heat up and then i would go into the pool uh rinse off go into the sauna mm-hmm. uh sit there in uh, as long as i could for you know maybe 15 20 minutes on a nice high temperature mm-hmm. uh close you know upper 90s for me that's not as high as some people can go way hotter than that mm-hmm. and then uh and then i would jump in the pool 
and the pool was turned down quite low. You can so, even stretch while you're in the sauna. That's yes, a sweet thing. Yeah. And oh, you, my clothes are on by this point. By the way, I do <laughs> put on a bathing suit, um, you know, splinters and whatnot. Uh, and then I would jump in the pool. Uh, to really get so that was my ice bath so the pool was turned down cool so it's not a, a real ice bath mm-hmm. like a real ice bath eric's done real ice baths and i want to get to the point where i can do real ice baths but what i would do is shock my system mm-hmm. the goal is to shock the system so if you can shock yeah. your body like so leg elevations we talked about draining lactic that lactic acid um well, we didn't really talk about it no sorry but i mean like but uh you know we will we will, talk <laughs> we will. About it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah that's so i found the hot cold therapy and we didn't talk about that in the mental health one but it's uh it's a good one for it's huge for mental and physical health like it's shocks both. your system yeah, both. yeah. Hot and, cold. and that's old world stuff it right is. like it's old world ideas are coming back it is and we're going to help introduce that to the volleyball community soon and we ourselves. we would always do that um when we play beach anyways and it just it just makes sense like it's just the, the thing to do like beach is beside a large body of water or i mean even a small one but here where we are huge lakes and they're always super cold all year round so you play beach and then do a cool down and stretch first well, like you may as well don't just run right into the the cold shower or something you can't you're not going to have a cold is the shock bath. good though eric is the shock well, sometimes people say the shock is good but I don't know. I think I know the shock. The shock is good, and I'll say why. But I would just take that opportunity to um, to just stretch the muscle out. One more tool, right? Yeah, and well, again, mostly in my experience. But I'm the most um, whenever I go to do a stretch right after playing or after doing weights or anything. That's when I'm the most flexible. Have you guys ever noticed True. that? You're warm. Yeah. Yeah. You get off the elliptical or whatever, and you go to like do a forward fold, and you can like grab way further than your toes so i think that i think that's the best time to stretch right um i don't know what it is i I think it's some i think it's a a few things in that you're because i think a lot of the resistance we feel when we stretch is just that cellular protective mechanism Mm -hmm. that it's our our nerves it's not that we don't have the mobility i think the mobility is there it's just a safety in place that's like no we're not going to let you because you could risk hurting yourself because these muscles are not warm yeah so when, i think the heat helps expand and loosen things up too right yeah just the abso- basic thing. absolutely yeah. and i think like so so like i again i would just cool down and stretch first and the cool yes. down is just a low pace it's like a lower level warm-up um and then just do like nice sweeping rotations of the shoulder and like do some like instead of doing your dynamic stretches which is what you would do for the warm-up with higher breath rate, you're going to do the opposite because the whole point of the warm up is you're going to be breathing faster. You want to get your internal body temperature up. You want to get those muscles. Um, so more dynamic stretches, you know, like when you're holding the pole and you're just kicking your leg forward and backward, forward and backward, mm. uh, stuff like that. And then the cool down is just the opposite. So it's like, you're going to slow your body down, hold that stretch a little bit longer. Um, yes, that's why. Yeah. Like <laughs> I wish I did the cool down more because like, I'm, I, it's bad but the, the thing is the older we get the more likely we are to do it because we're living with more pain and if we want to play the next day or sorry not even that if you want to function if you want to if you want to function the next day and play four days later you have to so um yeah so the the, the cool down and the stretch and then get into the the hot and cold and i think there's something to do with with the shock of there's got to be the cells getting cells getting squeezed uh, like yeah squeezed and then heating up and then stretching out there's got to yeah, be blood I think flow it's, i always think of the right? ice bath. i always tell people the ice bath is like an ice pack for your whole body 
And it's like, so if you can do a quick amount of time and then what it's replicating is almost movement again, right? Yeah, like that's what so. the ice pack does to an ankle. Like when I had my Achilles injury, like I know that the day that I had some soreness, you know, so you put the ice on for 10 minutes, get rid of it. And that's replicating movement, right? Like yeah. the, the congealing of blood or slowing of blood. And then it goes gangbuster. So if you go heat and cold, you're like replicating yeah. movement when it can't, like if your body's sore or injured, it can't move. So you have to replicate movement to get yeah. scar tissue out. That's a good point. Yeah. So I find that uh, for me, the ice pack going from that sauna into the pool was like, and it was like awful feeling a little, yeah. I mean, sort of awful, but, but you kind of get addicted to it. Yeah. And then your next day is crazy. Like the fact that I could play the next day at 46 yeah. uh, to me was nuts. And it fixed a lot. I, I still think the ice and heat fixed, like, even some circulation issues I was having in my legs from, I don't know if it was stress or sitting. I, I switched from a, a walking around job to a stationary job. Mm-hmm. And I was in a chair a lot and driving a lot for business. And I found that, um, so I was jumping and getting leg numbness. And even that issue mixed with the training. So I started bringing in some exercises that we'll share with parents, too, in booklet form. And young players, man. If young players can tap into some of this stuff, yeah. wow, secret weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seriously. Like, I wish. <laughs> yeah. If you go back to 25 and you're trying this stuff, uh, or like even in your teen years. But wait, that's yeah. just it. Like, would your 25-year-old self even listen Feel to this? Need. Yeah, Feel the need. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, that's the thing. It's it's like you have cheat codes at that age. Even at, yeah. even at age 25, it's all it's Pain. all gain with, no, is the necessity, with no cost. Like said. Yes, you're right. Yeah, like yeah. you can... You, you just go, 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 right? Like, um, but I, mean, if- I mean, especially if, if you have your 25-year-old self coming back, one, you're going to be like, oh, what is my 12, 25-year-old self doing in front yeah. of me? <laughs> Two, you're going to listen. Time machine? Time machine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There would be the, the weirdness of that. Yeah. 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 Once you get part. over that. <laughs> Once you get then, past that. So Meech is talking like, if we're not saying it's really going to happen. <laughs> This isn't Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, well, why not? <laughs> no, no. If, but, if but, 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 like, so when you're, what Eric is, like, so, Meech, if you were 25, mm-hmm. um, we, you were pretty good about stretching at a young age. We used to mock Amici for his lengthy stretching <laughs> routines. And, That's you know, good. Yeah, yeah. But, but he had it right. He had it right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if a young athlete does this stuff, I mean, they just have to understand that they're going to have such an edge. Because not only, it's not about like just feeling soreness. Mm-hmm. It's about your, like you don't know that your ability to perform the next day is hampered. Fact. Yeah. It's drained. You're like a bat. We're all batteries, right? This is why we sleep. Mm-hmm. This is why we eat. Like I always think of ourselves as video game characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you have that little bar at the top of Street Fighter where your energy level is dropping, mm-hmm. dropping, dropping. Yeah. You're literally a battery. Mm-hmm. And if a battery isn't recharged, then it's not going to perform as well. So if it has a lot of energy expended the day one, second day better have some. So if young players who don't even feel the pain yeah. can get into right. this routine, it's that's what I mean by secret weapon. You won't know why you're fresher than other people. You won't know why you're jumping a couple inches higher than the other players, but it's because these little tidbits and mixed with some of the training tools that you know again old world training tools that yeah are coming back now and parents if you're listening like we will be coming out with some some uh, great little cheap guides for parents um i mean literally well, secret weapons well we we need to add a little a few more things because i think the food that you're eating yes. the entire day leading up and the days before because okay so you play the sport and then you cool down and stretch and why why do we recommend cool down and stretching is because you know, volleyball, like any sport is a side dominated thing. So you're, especially your, your, you know, your chest muscles in front 
uh, delts. They're going to get very tight. Therefore, stretch it out the opposing way because as you keep playing, in my experience, like this keeps getting tighter, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I would recommend stretching that out. Do your cool down, then stretch that out. But then the hot and cold gets into something different. The hot and cold isn't giving you mobility, but I think what it's doing, it's doing this movement of blood flow. So um, <laughs> having uh, good food in you is going to mean that you have a supply of, you know, protein, nutrient, all this stuff. And the hot and cold is going to get that nutrient back into the muscle. I think I, I was reading about it. I can't quote anything, but like, no, it I'm makes pretty sense. Sure like if you have, what, if you have bad stuff floating around your system, yeah. then yeah. It, even the, the effectiveness of the cotton cold and the stretching is not circulating good stuff. Hammered. Right? Yeah. 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 It's not even sending the best stuff in. However, again, kids are just phenomenal yes they are better at they can yeah. eat garbage yeah they yes. can eat garbage and turn it into gold right or it's, it's it seems like gold but again what you're saying it's is imagine they did it in the optimal way right yeah. and there are people doing it and there are like let's face it like even at the youth levels there are kids that have had access to this information and they're getting it yeah and those are the ones that tend to be the high performers yeah right not only do they, they do the sport more Mm -hmm. but then that means they're meeting the right coaches and the right, you know, kind of like what we're hoping to do with this show is get this advice out to more they're building people that who, discipline? who don't have the money to get that, this info too. Right. right. Yeah. So, right. and then, and then, cause I, I've seen the kids, I've seen the ones that have just made that decision to go all in mm -hmm. and nutrition, exercise, recovery, and traveling to that would be play wild year round. Like I'm talking like in where we part live, you know, we have a winter, but I know kids that have gone to Florida mm -hmm. for the summer. That's what they do. They go to California, Florida, and they play beach train. all summer and then come back and play yeah. here. So it's like, you know, that's a decision. And, and you know, for them to not do these extra steps would be crazy, right? Um, so for other athletes that are just, even, even for adults, right? Like I find um, just doing this for my life has changed my life. Like in terms of, like even this injury, like this Achilles injury, I'm getting over it way faster just because of some of the stuff I've been doing for the past year. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like I'm 47 and after like two weeks, I'm almost limp-free from an Achilles tendon. Yeah. So that's pretty, whoa. But you wouldn't have been injured had you... Been keeping it up. Yeah. I fell. Right. I work right. got in the way. Life got in the way. Yeah. For about two months, I didn't work out the way I was, but I would have... I mean, it just would have been a fascinating experience because we came out of lockdown too. So we didn't have a lot of indoor volleyball here for a couple of years, which is like nuts. Yeah. So I don't know because I played beach all summer pretty injury-free. But then that indoor thing of pushing off. So I, I would have been fascinating if I kept the, this is life, right? Mm -hmm. If I only had kept yeah. it going, it would have been a fascinating experiment to see if it would happen. I got new shoes too, which changed my weird. I was feeling weird in those new shoes. My calves were getting tight. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck is this? And then uh, the injury happened. But I, you know, I can't wait. I'm kind of excited about hitting this recovery process once I can. It's funny um, what injuries are like as an adult because it's, uh, I guess when I was mid twenties, I was always worried like, Oh, if I got an injury, I'm like, I'm imagining like I'm done. I'm not playing the sport anymore. But now it's like, it's almost, it's almost like a, Wisdom. a, a challenge, a fun challenge. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I was excited very quickly after this injury yeah. <laughs> to see if I could, I guess that's the comeback thing, right? Like, yeah. You're like, I'm not going to let this get That's my new sport. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that's why I like, you know, earlier episodes, I want to see how fat I can get and then <laughs> battle back. I want to battle back. <laughs> that I create my we talked about this actually that Meech what do you think Eric and I spoke about this before once about do you think that athletes you know when they retire mm -hmm. they or even in their primes sometimes they they get out of shape mm -hmm. is and all athletes I think they stop training mm -hmm. and then they 
go gangbusters again. Do you think that's from the cycle of competition? Like when they're out of season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's or, or even like, yeah, like you uh, mean if they retire? No, like, if they retire, even in the middle of their careers, like they might spend like, oh, yeah, like yeah, out of off season. You're right, like they get out of shape. They'll mm-hmm. eat like crap. Mm-hmm. Is that something where they want the challenge? Probably, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I know that for myself, when I have that next competition, that's what's motivating me to, you know, train to yeah, to to recover right? to to do those things that, that I know I should be doing because yeah. I know there's an impending date. Yeah. Um, when there's no impending date and, and you have to create those for yourself of what's <laughs> going to happen. Shape. Yeah, by getting out of shape. So well, I'm by, on a 30-year plan. So yeah, my right. goal <laughs> is to get out of shape for 30 years. I'm only on year two. And, and then do the ultimate then, comeback. The right? ultimate comeback. I'm gathering all the equipment now. And I'm never using it. Yeah, mostly uh, from infomercials. I find most of my health equipment from infomercials. 3 a.m. while I'm eating burritos. Um, no, but yeah, recovery. There's so many things in recovery that we can talk about. And I think that uh, we can put it, to, we're probably, we're going to put together some stuff because a lot of parents ask us this stuff a lot, uh, like in our real life and also through this, but, uh, so just simple workouts that mm-hmm. even if kids can add some exercises, whether it's mm-hmm. in a, you know, uh, even without a lot of equipment. And then if you mix in some of the recovery stuff that we're talking about and you don't need the fancy equipment, it mm-hmm. can be as simple as a cold shower mm-hmm. and cold water in your bathtub and work your way to dumping a few ice cubes in. Like that's pretty, that's all you need. One thing I, I don't want to get left out on which is a very simple thing that um, athletes can do even you know especially with volleyball is the cool down jog Um, after the match you take three minutes four minutes and just quarter speed jog around feel how your body is feeling and then you'll know better what you need to be stretching, what you need to be looking at. Great point. To make yeah. sure that you're ready for the next. That's time a really play. good point. Feel, let your body talk to you in that cool down time. Yeah, yeah. See, that's, that's right. something. I, that's the number one thing young mm-hmm. athletes don't do. That's, they don't cool down. They they leave their gym practice yeah. or tournaments. Mm-hmm. They go out in the cold weather. Yeah. Sometimes in their shorts, not even putting on a sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, like, listen, if you don't want to be sore tomorrow, just mm-hmm. take this five minutes. It's literally yeah. gold, right? It is. And uh, nobody mm. does it. And Young players do get sore the next day. Like even you know the yeah. amount of volleyball that they're playing now is mm-hmm. a lot, and they're training and they're in the weight room. And mm-hmm. so if you can take that, that's a great. I love that you said that, Meach. That whole feel your body in the warm down jog. Yeah, and then stretch. Mm-hmm. And and continue to feel that. Yes. In in your stretching, like listen to your body, listen to what you need to be it's doing. Like your yeah yeah pre analysis or a pre stretch analysis it's yeah it's yeah. it's kind of like your um what's it called the uh, shavasana of your uh your volleyball practice yeah you know and I mean? shavasana eric is uh corpse pose yeah in yoga <laughs> right yoga. which is like the best part of the whole yoga class i don't know i've it it's, yeah, it it's amazing. amazing you, you pass out usually yeah it's uh, as soon as like the first time i got into yoga i was like this is literally the best part of yoga and you have to do the corpse pose because it's just like all this weird stuff happens where like I would feel like my back, like all the space in my spine, yep. like get longer. And then, yeah, like you said, you fall asleep or whatever. But yeah, it's so, and that's kind of what's going on. It's this internal kind of like 
reconnection to your body and stuff. That's that's what the that cooldown Monit- monitoring cool down and jog is. And then even like taking a step further, because Eric, you said the the warm the cooldown stretch and holding it longer. And then the you know even if you do need to add some ice or cold to part of your body, yeah. I, you will feel that you know after the stretching, and you might feel it better than if yeah. you just you know bundled up went home, and then the next morning it'll be like oh. Mm-hmm. You know, you can run your body through that cycle, you know, the hot cold thing. It's mm-hmm. almost like running the blood in and out preemptively. Well, that's yeah. what that's what they do. They do multiple cycles of it, right? In yeah. what is it in Finland? That's a big thing, or whatever. Finland, it's they go hot, oh, cold, hot. Cold. You know, there's multiple. Burger Kings in Finland with saunas in it. In know, the Burger King. In the Burger King. That's how common. So Finland has been the the center right. of the sauna, right? The sauna is yeah, the yeah. Finnish word, way of saying it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, d- I think there's some dispute as to whether or not it originated in Finland, but Finland has embraced it. And to the point where their fast food restaurants have saunas in them. <laughs> Honestly, you can get your Burger King and go eat it in a sauna in the Burger Wait, King. Wait, so they're so That's hardcore they eat food yes. in the sauna? Yes. Yeah, why even do that? Why not, keep this, why not keep the sauna like, you know, because it's, as its, it's beautiful own thing? Because they think that it why? should be done several times a day because it, it's that. <laughs> it's nonstop. I mean, longevity in Finland, you can't argue with it. It's Yeah, like, yeah. We've had adult players like in their upper 70s playing in our leagues were way better than people in their 50s like, and, the, and you know he was very Finnish and uh, actually the guy who built my son the guy who sold me my son is yeah, Finnish, Finnish as well yeah wow. I said like are you Finnish and he's like yes I am Finnish I said no no I mean where's the damn sauna is it ready <laughs> yes gotta, I'm gotta... Finnish <laughs> hey don't do an accent you can't do an accent this is going out to the world Oh yeah, I can do an accent. Why not? Are you Finnish? I have no idea. What anyway, that's a, a bad, bad joke about Finland. But anyway, but sauna, yeah, the <laughs> culture of Finland—it's pretty. They've embraced it, and life expectancy is one of the. I think there's a blue zone in Finland. I'm not sure. I don't quote me on that. But I don't think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, there probably is, <laughs> but it just didn't make Costa that Rica, book. Yeah, it didn't make the blue yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah, probably not. But, <laughs> not but anyway, cool uh, yeah. So recovery—it doesn't have to be expensive. I like the point that you made. That meets like you can do some simple stuff. Recovery as simple as war- cooling down, stretching, like you said, Eric. Did you guys ever cold shower? Yeah, uh, yeah, cold shower. I guess this would be recovery, but not on the right after the sport, but maybe the next day. Like I've had some luck with uh, I don't know what you would call it, but like point pressure treatment, whether it's like a foam roller or like a lacrosse ball. Yes. Especially when I was like hardcore playing varsity, like muscle knots were a thing, and especially I would use the uh, lacrosse ball like pec yes. minor and stuff yes. like that. Oh man, that was so. And actually, that worked very well in my warm up. I would get the shoulder warmed up and then we actually had athletic therapists at the time which was great because then they were able to do stretches but you can mimic it with a lacrosse ball 100 percent, right and then for the game it, it helped me a ton right so it's funny because you don't even know where your injury is that's what i find with the with the, yeah. with the pinpoint stuff mm-hmm. when you put the ball on uh like you think your shoulder's sore and you can't really find it where and then when you start rolling on that ball you're like whoa there it is there it is whoop yeah, <laughs> that's right. uh, so that's really cool. And what it's doing is it's applying pressure and squeezing out essentially all pain and soreness. Same, it is same scar thing with tissue. The hot and cold, though, yeah, right? it's a scar tissue, right? Yeah, pressing it in, you take yeah. it off, right? Well, what I've been I've been doing it with my Achilles. So like my Achilles is bad right now. So I've been rubbing the back of the Achilles, squeezing it, feeling where that the bump is. You know, I can feel yeah. a lump in there, mm-hmm. and that is the scar tissue where it's recovering. All the blood has rushed to that area, yeah, and it's starting to build up in there. And if you don't clear that out, that's the long term damage that's why people can't use their ankle very well their shoulder very well years down the road so the hot and cold gets rid of that scar tissue and it just sort of uh, applies that you're squeezing out that stuff and letting in you know it's letting blood flood in and flood out because uh, if you just let it build up calcium build up with bone problems and then joints yeah. and 
And that, so. that's what you're doing just by, because you're still moving on it. You're not using a cast, right? So by just using it every day, the muscle is lengthening and shortening. And, and this is my, spe- we should point out, this is my specific right. injury. My, mine was not a full tear. So yeah. yeah, people don't listen to my example and not cast on you know, <laughs> right. yourself. But I found the cast was going to do more damage long term for me personally. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm tougher than the average person. <laughs> <laughs> I had like my athletic therapist, when I had access to them, they described it to me as like when you tear something like that, the, you know, the scar tissue goes at it and it doesn't know directions. Right. But by moving the muscle, it's like taking a bunch of toothpicks and then you rub them together. It actually gets them to a lineup in the direction of the muscle right, fiber. Right. Like staining a piece of wood in the proper direction. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, I, was, I was just saying, it, let me, let me let him finish and see. It, <laughs> there might be a little bit though too. In the right <laughs> Getting them all to go the right way. Well, I think that's what you're doing because uh, by because you you haven't locked down your joint, you've allowed it to stay like you're still you're limping, but it's getting better. Or the limp's gone now, mm-hmm. but like every day that you have been injured, that muscle has still been able to move just a little a little bit of amount, right? Right. So that way, the scar tissue isn't bunching up too much to thus make it shorter, right? Because you've all you've still been exercising it a little bit longer and longer. Like in injuries I've had, like yeah, for sure, I've experienced a loss of two percent joint mobility or two to five percent or something right like right. you know we've rolled our, you've rolled your ankle i'm sure you have as well we've all rolled our ankles we've been playing volleyball like i've probably rolled it three times but um by still using it i'm sure i've lost a little bit of mobility or something but the scar tissue is i mean you're yeah your your body's made up of that stuff it's just mm-hmm. connective tissue that's instead of well, how do you just well we all it know can, what it, it is. can pool up too right what because blood is rushing in to heal it, if it's scar tissue is literally a scar like it's like the same thing with a scab but it, it's insi- the same yeah. stuff that makes up your tendons and ligaments though, mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. there to to fix a problem it doesn't know the direction but it's there it's yes. very strong and if you're it's not letting it out of the area or doing something to one if you're not letting it well you want a certain blood. amount to reconnect yes. and then the excess you don't want to be built stick up. around yes yeah. that leads to the long that's term that's what it is yeah, yeah that's what my shoulder was for years i found that you know my shoulder surgery i did yoga years later a lot of weight training. It's only recently that I've sort of started this n- recent regimen where I've been able to be pain free in my shoulder, mm-hmm. which, which is nuts. In the four, in my late forties, like it, yeah. it wasn't in my prime. That was so that young body thing, even right. Like it was still bad in my late twenties, all my early thirties. It wasn't until I started adding these tricks to really get it going. And I was doing, huh. I was trying a lot of things back then, but not this specific thing. So that's why I'm so, that's what I mean about older players can well, really be a good resource. Well, ayahuasca isn't really good for mobility though. Ayahuasca, the mushroom. Why do you always bring it back to mushrooms and your drugs? No, but you said uh, you were trying these crazy things when you were <laughs> oh, younger. Oh, but I never those, tried that those stuff. Aren't, those aren't good for mobility. Oh, but I wasn't trying those. I'm sure you weren't. No, I wasn't. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <It's laughs> <our> America. <laughs> it's this facial hair. It makes me like, no, no. I was I wasn't trying like the you know lightweights. You know, I was sticking with the old script of oh, don't go Try past. Harder. Well, don't oh. go. Yeah, don't go past ninety. <laughs> You know, use heavy weights and stop here rather than light weights all the way down, mm-hmm. flexible stuff. You know, training in the uncomfortable areas of the joints. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. Or the weak, you know, they were telling you not to go into the weak areas. And yeah. I think that we've, we talk, sort of a theme in this podcast is that we're talking about going into those areas which are stressful safely, mm. right? And carefully. Mm-hmm. And that's changed everything. And then mixing in the hot and cold. I think, like I said, we should put together the guide for parents because I think it's, 
it's something that uh, yeah. young yeah. athletes do need. Because I was a young, you know, I got injured. My first injury, my first severe injury was 29. We're going to do a whole show on injuries, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, it wasn't getting better, even after surgery. And I, you know, I wouldn't have done surgery probably today. I definitely wouldn't have yeah. done surgery. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so I think that there's uh, recovery tips. Uh, recovery goes a long way, I think, to preventing. Actually, recovery can help prevent injury. Let's face yeah. it. Like, like if I was coming home rubbing well, my calf and Achilles every night mm-hmm. after I felt that soreness with my shoes and doing some of the stretching and doing some of the exercises, I probably wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. I fell off the sauna routine. I fell off the cold baths. You know, I wasn't doing that. Yeah, it was a bunch of things. Like you're just yeah. working way too much and like, you know, not sleeping a lot and like... The stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, and then it was a night where you felt good to go full out. Right. Yeah. And then went for that uh, probably full swing. Went, and again, we talked about lockdown coming out of lockdown. Pretty. I, I, went, yep. I went right to two, two, three nights a week. And coming out of beach, like coming out of like I always get, and it, it happens almost guaranteed. Now it's I always get slight shin splints coming in from the beach. Right. Just I was your age too, and I got really bad shin splints. You know. What? Yeah. Like it's uh, they're just low grade, but they're bad enough that like you i tell myself oh i can push through the pain i can j- jump they were full. brutal your brain doesn't let you man no your brain's like no we're gonna give you 80 percent. that's it and then and that's why painkillers suck too by the way totally because painkillers make you keep damaging the yeah. area like, you know I, I used to take an advil before i played that's the other thing i used to take an advil every time before i played since bad. i was the age of 29 yeah all the way till about 40 and i've stopped i don't need it which Numbs is fascinating out. yeah so it was numbing me out doing more damage without doing and then now once i changed the routines and added in some things it was pretty fascinating that i was able to ditch that kind of life-saving if you think about it right well, yeah Advil a couple of days a week yeah because that that stuff can do a lot of hurt internally that you don't even know about exactly. on the other is your liver your heart yeah uh, you know it's it's yeah. kind of yeah. It's kind of scary when you think of it. It's a mask, um, yeah. just taking popping pills all the time. And it just lets you do more damage. Mm-hmm. Like your body's pain is what, you, like you were saying, listen to the body. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that tells you everything. And that's why, the same with this, like I think that putting on the air cast, I wouldn't have felt any pain and that way you might have done stupid things. And also it was throwing off my whole body, the air cast. Yeah, my other right. hip was killing me. My yeah. back was killing me because the air cast wasn't allowing me to walk properly. Of course. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I was researching and it said that you're going to need blood thinners because it can cause, you know, it can, <laughs> no, it can cause, I know yeah. the air cast itself can cause, um, you know, oh, what do you call them? Clots. clots, yeah. Blood clots. And I was like, what? As soon as I read that, I'd be like, I was okay, like, no, this I'm, thing's coming off. I'm keeping this sucker moving. And, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, within the first, like, so the first two days That's I had the freaky. air cast on, my leg looked dead, mm-hmm. swollen, so much pain, mm-hmm. took it off, put on a sleeve, mm-hmm. uh, iced it a bit, walked on it with a heel wedge to keep yeah, the yeah, heel yeah. elevated a little bit. Not even high, just a little bit. And uh, people would have said I was crazy because it was just a few days after the accident. But the, that night, I went home. I iced it. I had to walk a lot that night, which was crazy. But I iced it that night. Woke up the next morning. Pain almost... Well, not... Yeah, pain was like very much gone. Ankle totally reduced in size. It looked like my other ankle. And the pain was vastly reduced. And ever since then, it's been every day. It's been better, better, yeah. better. The uh, elevation thing, I, I think you hinted on it, but that's a I, strategy. I, yeah, because if it, if there is a cut in the tendon, uh, you want the heel up, which makes sense because no, it, it I don't, can... Sorry, oh, I don't, sorry. Oh, I, you mean elevation as yeah, a... Yeah, yeah, like as another... It oh, all comes yes. back to blood flow. It's just another mechanism to yes. get blood out and back in, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I did elevate. I kept, I did rest by the way. Like I yeah. didn't go, you know, if I didn't walk, I didn't have to, but I was able to drive fairly soon. Uh, <laughs> no, like I'm serious pain free. Yeah. And, uh, I was, I tested it out and it was fine. And, uh, I think the mobility, right. There's, it's great to immobilize when you need to, but it's, it's hard. And if you're in an air cast in my situation, I found like, well, when do I know that I can be mobile? You can't if you're in a cast for four to six weeks. Yeah. And then the atrophy and the scar tissue problem becomes because of the cast, not because of the original injury. So I, you know, I'm very much, the older I get, the more I'm into listening to the body mm-hmm. and understanding, like Meech was saying too, like feeling where things need to be. And, uh, you know, if I, like that first night that I did walk a bit too much, uh, this is like a few days, three days after the injury, I was like, okay, I'm icing it tonight for 10 minutes on and off a few times went to bed, woke up the next morning, no pain mm-hmm. or sig- I mean a lot less pain and I can feel it reattaching. Like you said, you know, rubbing the tendon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can, uh, sense a lot. And if you don't train yourself to do that, if you are dependent on just the, the pills and other things, then you won't, you'll be numb to those feelings and you'll never learn the act of healing. So kids at the end of practice, listen to your body. I think the best time, like Misha, that's great. That will cool down period is a great mm-hmm. time to see what's sore. Cool jog specifically. Yeah. Cool uh, jog specifically. You know, like because, you know, like I said, the the body in volleyball uses so much of the legs because then you'll be hitting your calves. Then you'll be hitting your your quads. Then you'll be hitting, you know, even your hips. And if you incorporate that with some, you know, uh, like Eric said, some uh, moderate arm swings as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, quarter speed, uh, you'd be all good. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's, it's 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 a little hack that I think people are forgetting mm-hmm. for the next day, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, all right. I think that's a pretty good. We don't want to get too far into. Uh, we're gonna do a whole bunch of shows on different body parts and yeah, the I subtle, think we the subtle, answered the yeah, shit out well, of yeah, questions. we answered <laughs> <laughs> the shit out of it. That's what we do here at volleyball. We answer the shit out of your questions. Um, and we didn't even talk about all the peripheral things that volleyball does, like your spine, like my whole, like, you know, we talked yeah. my whole spine is out of whack from swinging on the right yeah. for so many years. Nice. A lot of balance things that players that can also be fixed by what we're my talking My right shoulder is so much bigger than my left. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the slouching. Like the uh, anterior delts. It's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Or no, posture or whatever. For the shoulder in general. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, your right arm is much bigger than your left arm. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're not sure as to why. Yeah, this could be a variety of reasons. Yeah, g- genetics. Genetics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Uh, all right, guys. Oh, well, we'll wrap gross. that up. So we'll wrap that up. So that was like seven or eight. Qu- one, two, three, four, five, six. I think we did six or seven questions, uh, and we're gonna do a part two to this because we do have a few more questions. So, parents, if you are listening and you do want a lot question, more questions, yeah, we do have a lot more questions, but we will try to get to all of them. So, if you are listening parents uh info at volleyballogy.org or through facebook volleyballogy you can uh write in your questions and we'll try to get our best to get to them and we might have to do a few of these episodes periodically right this mm-hmm. could be once in a while we throw in a I parents so, questions yeah. episodes because there's a lot of I'm them sure so. they'll build up all right guys great job and we'll see you next week this is episode 11 and uh i guess it's um episode 12 next time hopefully see why i did that in my head right Math. <laughs> Quick math. <laughs> Not just a hat rack. <laughs> <laughs>